Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're talking about the Kingdom of God, and we were talking this morning about uh, Hosea, and we were going through that chapter by chapter, as we've been doing last week, too. We wanted to go through all the minor prophets, because all the minor prophets have been saying the same thing as all the major prophets, and even the same thing as Christ. And most people are unaware of what Christ said and what he was trying to get us to do. I mean, we have bits and pieces of the puzzle. And it's really not that difficult of a puzzle. But we have bits and pieces that tell us what Christ was doing. And the Bible talks about wickedness. And it talks about iniquity. And it talks about mammon. And it talks about unrighteous mammon and righteous mammon, I assume. And so what... What is the Bible talking about? Well, it talks, it mentions religion, but it talks about government far more than it talks about religion. Or does it? I mean, it mentions, the word religion shows up five times. But what's religion? Maybe it's talking about religion and they're not really, because now you might think that religion is what you think about God. And that's what a lot of people define it as now. But 200 years ago, it was the duty to God and your fellow man. That's the way it was defined. And even in the Greek, the word threskia means what you do. Not what you think, what you do. So religion is what you do. So what have you been doing? (laughs) Uh, Religion, pure religion, is taking care of the widows and orphans unspotted by the world. And how does the world get, I mean, without getting dirt on you? Without getting dirt on your clothes? I mean, like, what exactly is... It Does it mean to be unspotted by the world? Well, of course, Hosea is telling us that they were going away from God because of their sacrifice. And the same as Jesus told the Pharisees that because of their Corban, which means sacrifice, it's just not translated there. It means sacrifice. Your Corban was making the word of God to none effect. And so we were showing you how that is exactly what Christ was saying. That they were making the word of God to none effect by their sacrifices. And that a flaming fire would come and consume them. And he complained about the blood, touches blood. And he claimed about how the wickedness would bring you into bondage and back in the land of Egypt. And... uh, like I was saying this morning, I was trying to uh, uh, think of all the places that I have to uh, put uh, different uh, links on this page so that you will know where different links are and uh, where, to different articles that will explain in greater, greater detail. This is a great study p- program for anybody who wants to study the Bible. I mean, you have your own copy, but then you would have... Uh, Open up to preparingyou.com and uh, look at our side panels on many of the different uh, 
gospels and passages in the Bible and uh, many of our different links that you can go and find out. And of course, they take you to articles that will have dozens, sometimes even hundreds of footnotes. So you can see where we're getting this. You know, they talk in uh, verse 12 of Hosea 7 about a snare. When they shall go, a snare will spread my net upon them. I will bring them down as the fowls of uh, of heaven. Well, what is he talking about? Well, seeing the same thing in Proverbs, those having one purse will run towards death and that uh, they talk about what should have been for your welfare and, and psalms and Paul talks about this will become a snare Paul quoting David so what what is Hosea really talking about well he's talking about two different ways of handling welfare and one is by men who exercise authority and that uh, under the kings of Israel and one under the kings of the world. But they don't realize that it's following the way of God that brings us our corn, our grain, our wine. But we rebel against God. And then we don't know exactly what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And I, I was going to put in uh, some other links so that you could find the different articles that we have when you're reading that. I also pointed out that Romans 9 talks a great deal about Hosea and uh, some of the same things that he is prophesizing because this is what we've done from Nimrod, from Cain to Nimrod to Egypt to Caesar is that we've gone and asked men who exercise authority to force our neighbors to contribute to our welfare. We call it socialism now. Uh, They just called it works of iniquity before. Uh, the ways of Babylon, the ways of Baal, the ways of the Nicolaitan, which God hates. It's where you sign up and you have to pay in, but so does your neighbor have to pay in. And it guarantees that you will be taken care of. That's kind of what insurance is like, but you can drop insurance. You can say, I don't want to pay in insurance anymore, and then you don't have to. Nobody arrests you. Well, actually, now they have laws that make you have to get insurance. But what we used to have is assurance uh, through faith in the ways of God where we weren't going to take away the rights of our neighbor, but we were going to have our own uh, rights and uh, uh, intact because we left our neighbor's rights intact. When we decided to take our neighbor's rights away and use that exercising authority of government, we sometimes strangle our neighbors. We, we take... We take a bite out of them so that we can have benefits. And that's completely contrary to Christ. But people, when you you point that out, that's just too shocking. They don't want to admit that that is contrary to the teachings of all the prophets and of Christ. So, what are we going to do that's different? Well, we were going through Hosea. And I got off and started talking about schools as as well because you think you're smart because you went to school. Now, we we know, statistically speaking, that uh, four in a thousand people were illiterate at the time of 1776. Uh, of the immigrants that came over here, only four in a thousand were illiterate. They wrote things like 
the uh, Federalist Papers so that the common man could read them, and he could read them. Today, we have 19% of people coming out of graduating from high school, according to the statistics that we were reading this morning, are functionally illiterate. They they can't read enough to get by in this world. That that's that's staggering. And then there were other statistics how you know they still had uh, a large percentage only had a fifth grade type education, even though they these are graduates of high school. There's a lot of people who don't even graduate from high school and they even have less. And that's why you have people rioting in the streets and and other reasons because we don't. We don't take the time to find out what it is that we need to know and what we're being taught is not true. And so we have a whole set of articles on schools as tools that show you there was a conscious effort by some to change the way in which we viewed history. And of course that's, that's what we're doing is we're changing the way in which we're being changed in the way that we, re, we see history. And so we're, what's moral now, we've become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for our livelihood on the property of others. So we don't think anything of it. We think, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Government's supposed to take care of us. And there's no going back. I mean, the media is brainwashing millions upon millions of people with strange ideas and strange teachings, but they're able to do it because before there was fake news, there was fake education. Fake education is re-education. Either they don't teach you at all, or what they teach you it just ain't so. So that's where we ended up. And uh, so when we're going through Hosea, we were in uh, chapter 7, and we'd gotten far enough to uh, pretty much end the chapter, but we simply ran out of time. And I was reading... You know, he was saying that because we go this other way, because we have the, this sacrifice that is forced from the people, that uh, we're caught in this net. Same thing that they talk about in Proverbs. Same thing they talk about uh, and Paul talks about. And uh, and David talks about what should have been for your welfare has become a snare, a net, a trap. And, it, and like Peter talks about, it will make you merchandise and it will curse your children. All that is a done deal. And so some people want to come out of that trap. And the way out of that trap is to repent, think differently, and seek the ways of Christ. When they shall go, I will spread my net upon them. I will bring them down as the fowls. Of the heavens. That's what he says. Isn't the net spread before the bird? But they don't see it. We don't see that socialism is a trap. Communism is a trap. Democratic socialism is a trap. Giving power to others to make decisions from us. They take away what, what we should, our right to choose. We actually sell our right to choose in order to get these benefits. And uh, so, and, and I wrote an article, expanded on it at least quite a bit this week, uh, Ancient Paths. And uh, it tells you a lot about the way of Christ. And, and 
and the ancient past, it mentions that in the Bible, the ancient past. So you can go to Preparing You and look that up. And uh, it's really what the gospel was all about, to show us that other path. Nothing is more wonderful than the art of being free. But nothing is harder to learn how to use that that freedom. So that's what we need to do, is learn how to use. Nothing is harder to lose than that freedom. And, and and we can lose it, and we lose it because we don't use it in the ways of Christ. So anyway, um, that's what we're always trying to teach people, show people. We created a network so that you can go learn that. But ultimately, like I said this morning, there has to be God writing upon your heart and your mind. And in order to do that, you have to clean your mind of all the preconceived notions that you think you're saved because you thought a thought. When Christ said, it's not those who say, it's not those, it's those who do. He talks about people saying, yo, Lord, I'm with you, but I gotta go do this first. No, what you have to do is seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and if you don't do that, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna be there. And God's not gonna be there for you, get you from me, I know you're not. So he goes on to say, woe unto them that they have fled from me, destruction, Unto them, because they have transgressed against me by transgressing against your neighbor. Remember, he says, you come into the kingdom. Why? Because you fed my me and you clothed me and you gave me drink when I was thirsty. When did we do these? When I did it to the least of my brethren. So you, now you have to find out who his brethren are. Who was actually preaching the gospel of Christ. And you have to help them. And, of course, you'll know it's them because they'll take everything that they receive to be helped by you to help others. That's that's the way it goes. That's the way it works in the kingdom. See, in the world, it's all about taking away from your neighbor so that you can have what you think you need. You'll say that it's to help out and create equity and guaranteed wages, but really, it's about taking from people who work hard, who haven't chose to give, but you chose to take what they they have offered and you chose to take it away from them that isn't that isn't the righteousness of god that isn't the way of god that isn't the way of christ so we have to turn around go this other way and uh, then we may begin to see the ways of the kingdom because he will write upon our hearts and upon our minds and that's the way it works in the kingdom. It, you can't do it just simply by studying. Yeah, I know it says study to show thyself approved, but that word there that they translate study is not the normal word for study. It, it's it's the word that uh, that actually means to be diligent. So you have to be diligent in the ways of Christ, diligent in seeking his kingdom, diligent... And uh, persevering towards his kingdom. That's the way it works. And if you don't want to do that. Then. I don't know what I can say. For you. Or do for you. Because I'm supposed to make you sit down in the tens, hundreds and thousands. And do what Christ said. Freedom is a right to choose. If you take away the right to choose from other people. You will lose the right to choose yourself. So freedom is this right to choose, the right to create for oneself the alternative of choice. Therefore, you have to give choice to others. 
Any system of socialism is taking choice away from others and empowering, centralizing that choice in the hands of a few. Without the possibility of choice and the exercise of choice, a man is not a man, but a member. He's a person, an instrument, a thing. That was Archibald McLeish who helped bring in the New Deal with FDR. He he thought it was a mistake. Eventually he thought it was a mistake and, and wrote about it. But that's how men became an instrument, a thing, as they gave up their power of choice. We used to choose to help one another. That changes the nature of society. It opens up our heart for the Spirit of, the, of God to dwell in us. When we choose to go the other way, forcing our neighbors, then we cut God off from our hearts and our minds. And then we become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for our livelihood on the property of others. And we need to repent of that. We need to go the other way. So woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me by transgressing against their neighbor. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. This false gospel that it's okay to take from your neighbor, desire to take from your neighbor as long as you do it through government. No, because the only way reason the government has the power to do that is because you've all taken oaths, you've all sworn under penalty of perjury to give them that power because you've applied for those benefits. And they have not cried unto me, but they have cried unto those men who exercise authority, those fathers of the earth, the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. And they've cursed their children. And they have been cursed by their parents. And you have been cursed by your parents. How do you undo that curse? You start hearing the cries of others and sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and taking care of others. And they have not cried out unto me, he says, with their hearts. With their voices, yes. When they howled upon their beds, they assembled themselves for corn and wine, for the welfare of the wicked, for the, the wages of unrighteousness. And they rebel against me in doing so. So in chapter 15, it says, though I, not chapter 15, verse 15, in chapter 7, though I have bound and strengthened their arms, Yet do they imagine mischief against me. They set you free and now you're returning to Egypt. They return, he says in the very next verse. But not to the Most High. They are like deceitful bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword for the rage of their tongue. This shall be their derision. In the land of Egypt, in the land of bondage. That's what Egypt means, is bondage. So they've gone into the bondage of Egypt. That's where you're at, except it's worse now. It was 20% back then. Now you owe way more to the men who exercise authority, to the fathers of the earth. And so in Hosea 8, it starts out, Set the trumpet to thy mouth. He shall come as an eagle against the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant 
and trespassed against my law. Because they're coveting their neighbor's goods. They're making contracts where they're giving power to men to take from their neighbors so that they can have benefits. And they even give the power to those men to borrow against the future, which is a violation of the Sabbath, which we all explained in the program before. I repeat it because you don't hear it enough. You don't even hear it at all from your ministers. Israel, the people who have the heart of Israel, shall cry unto me, My God, we know thee. Israel has cast off the things that is good, though. So the enemy shall pursue him. And they have set up kings, rulers over rulers, men who exercise authority over other men. They have crowned kings. The, the, the horror church has crowned kings over men. But not by me, by them. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols that they may be cut off. The calf of Samaria hath cast thee off. Mine anger is kindled against them. How long will it be ere they attain to innocency? They're pretending that they're all innocent, they're good Christians and everything, but their whole system is based on coveting their neighbor's goods. They don't have gold and silver in their purses anymore. It's all gone into a central bank. And that central bank has, you know, collateralized it and, and, and sold it. Not only their gold and their silver and the land upon which they live, which we explain in the book Covenants of the Gods in great detail, took it to one of the top lawyers in the country, one of the highest scorers on bar exams, a guy who wrote law books. I said, what do you think? Show him the first chapters of the Covenants of the Gods. He said, I was right. But they're not going to like me. Well, they didn't like John the Baptist either. And they didn't like Jesus Christ either. But if I'm going to die, let let me die with the truth in my mouth. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so, be it yield the strangers shall swallow it up. Because you don't go to one another anymore. You go to men who exercise authority. Israel is swallowed up. Now shall they be amongst the Gentiles as a vessel wherein is no pleasure. For they are gone up to Assyria. The wild ass alone by himself Ephraim hath hired lovers. You've hired men who exercise authority one over the other to take away from your neighbor, not to give life to your neighbor. Yea, though we have hired amongst the nations, now will I gather them, and they shall sorrow a little for the burden of the king of princes. Because Ephraim hath made many altars, to sin, altars shall be unto him to sin. That's what they're there for. I mean, your system, your Corbin, Corbin, is making the word of God to none effect. 
Your sacrifice is falling short of righteousness and is something to be ashamed of. That's what Hosea is saying. Be ashamed of the sacrifice. I have written to him the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. See the things that I'm saying to you. It seems strange to you. But doesn't it make sense? You can see I should put a, you know, here in uh, verse 11 where it talks about altars. Again, we talked about it this morning. Altars of stone were not piles of stone. They were gatherings of men. The offerings they were given were burnt up to the people, but they weren't set on fire. They were redistributed. In the kingdom of God, there's a redistribution of wealth, but it's by charity, not by force. It's by faith, not by fear. It's by love, not by fealty, not by contracts and covenants where you bind yourself to the power of others. They sacrifice flesh for the sacrifice of mine offerings and eat it, but the Lord accepteth them not. Now will he remember their iniquity and visit their sins. They shall return to Egypt. That's why you're back in the bondage of Egypt because you've been doing this study and the bondage is growing and the debt is growing. And you can't get out by filing papers. You get out by God's grace and you get God's grace as a miracle because he doesn't owe it to you. But you do have to turn around, think differently, and if you think differently, you will sit down in the tens, hundreds, and hundreds and thousands and start taking care of one another. Because you have returned to Egypt, the only way out is to fill each other's water vases during the famines to come. For Israel hath forgotten his maker and buildeth temples, and Judah hath multiplied Fenced cities, fenced cities, the walled in camp of the golden calf that bind you in, multiplied the binding of you into the civil. Remember we talked this morning. Cities means terror. It's the same word that means terror in Israel. When they chose a king, they went to the cities. When they chose not to have a king, they went back to their tents. Now, there, there could be cities that are good, but look at the cities that you are producing. Chicago, Detroit, these cities are rampant with violence, rampant with corruption, rampant with injustice. And it doesn't have anything to do with race. It has to do with righteousness and the lack thereof. For Israel hath forgotten his maker and buildeth temples. What are temples? See, I should make that a highlighted word too here. And that will take you to our article on temples. You can do a search engine and find it. What were the Roman temples? What were they doing? They were government buildings providing welfare, minting coin. That's what they were doing. Yeah, they have, you know, uh, they have symbols that we call gods, but those are symbols to identify this group or that group. And Judith has multiplied fenced cities, but I will send a fire upon his cities and it shall devour the places thereof. So where's that coming from? Well, I tell you, but why should I tell you? Are you sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands? Do that and we'll tell you. 
Because it's not given unto your ears to hear everything. I've told people in the past. But they won't see it coming. They won't be ready. And so we have to turn around and go this other way. You know, Jesus forbade and warned us not to be workers of iniquity. Not to be hearers only, but doers of the word. Have we chosen to reject God and and look to the fathers of the earth for our benefits, for our salvation? Are we praying to those benefactors who exercise authority? Or are we praying to a daily ministration of righteousness? Are we too proud to admit we are in need of repentance? The church of the world need, the churches of the world need to repent and tell the whole world the whole truth concerning the way of Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. That's what's needed and that's what we need to do and go back to doing. So we'll take a little commercial break and we'll be right back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And uh, we're looking at Hosea. And we got as far as Hosea 9. And uh, right away, I can see in Hosea 9 that they have certain statements and uh, approaches in Hosea 9 uh, to these words that a lot of people won't understand. They They just won't get it. You know, it talks about rejoice, O Israel. Israel is again the place where God is to prevail, which is in your mind and in your heart. But Israel also, in the way he's talking about him, and also refers to him as Ephraim, is that kingdom that said, what is David to us? And they went off on their own. And they, they knew they needed systems, religious systems, and other systems to take care of the widows and orphans and needy of their society. And they created systems to do this and some of them were closer to the kingdom and some of them were farther away and they progressed to get farther away as they said what is David to us because see we don't know how to set up that system without God's grace he's got to show us and if we are rebellious against the unrighteous mammon then we will probably not see the truth if we see the truth and seek it then the righteousness of the truth then we will appear to be rebelling against the unrighteous mammon, but we're actually conforming to righteousness. One gives you an armor of protection. The other one does not. So when he says, Rejoice not, O Israel, for joy as other people, for thou hast gone a-whoring from thy God in the ways of the God. Thou hast loved a reward upon every corn floor. The floor and the winepress shall not feed them, and the new wine shall fail in her. So what's he talking about? This uh, talking about uh, whoring from thy God. Thou hast loved reward. That word reward there is uh, also translated higher. Uh, eight times it's translated higher. It's only three times it's translated reward. And it it is connected with hiring a harlot. But see, that's what people do when they hired FDR to force their neighbor 
to contribute to their welfare. That that was the adultery. You weren't going to church to take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, but now you were going to go to the men who exercised authority one over the other to take care of one another. Absolutely diametrically opposed to Jesus Christ. And there were churches that came out against Social Security. Saying that's not the way, and you know, I can go back and show you people making arguments in Congress against it. There were more arguments back in the 1800s than there was in the 1900s because we were already being dumbed down. Because they had had forced education for almost, uh, uh, started around 1890, so by 1930 there had been 40 years of forced education. And the more they forced the education, the less smart people became. Literacy rates went down. How can that be? You know, a friend of mine was just talking about they knew a teacher and that uh, teacher, I think they teach on an Indian reservation, you know, and there's free schools on there. And they said, well, we have to because kids love to come to school because they get a free meal and they and they they get to be with other kids and they, you know, it's it's better environment than the home environment. But why is the home environment so poor on the Indian reservations. The same reason Detroit fell and Baltimore fell and Chicago has all these murders and violence. My son-in-law works on an Indian reservation. He's a sheriff, not son-in-law, grandson. Uh, one of my grandsons is a sheriff on an Indian re- Well, he's not just on but Indian reservation is within his district. And the violence and the Alcohol and the abuse and the um, corruption of the family. It's just, it's just a nightmare story everywhere you turn. But it wouldn't be that way except we've been putting the Indian reservations under welfare. We, you can go look at the John Stossel videos on Indian reservations who have no tribal status and can't get all this free money and free giveaway stuff. They're doing great. They own banks, hardware stores, construction companies. There's hardly a poor man amongst them. They have a great deal of power and they do not want tribal status. They know they're from what tribe they're from. They know their ancestry and their history. But they're way better off in the real world where you have to earn your way. You don't work, you don't eat. You don't get better if you don't work to get what you need. Anything else does not strengthen the poor. It weakens the poor. So this is what he's talking about. Is that the people love that reward, that free food, that free bread. That he talks about upon every corn floor. The floor and the wine press shall not feed them. The new wine shall fail in her. They shall not dwell in the Lord's land. They'll dwell in the land of unrighteousness. But Ephraim shall return to Egypt. And go back to the bondage of Egypt. Egypt again means bondage. If you, if you looked up that word Egypt in, in the uh, Hebrew, Mitzrayim. Uh, translated Egypt, Egyptian. But it means the land of the cops. But it also means uh, double straits. But it also means bondage. That's 
That's what Egypt means. That's why they call it the uh, bondage of Egypt. You're never to return to Egypt. It doesn't have anything with going to see the pyramids. It has to do with bondage. A system where your labor belongs to another. And it says, they'll return to Egypt. And they shall eat unclean things in Assyria. Again, that word Assyria. Ashur. And, you know, that's another place where I need to start adding a link to this new article I put up on Asur. Asura. Which has to do with merchants. Canaanites. The merchants of men. That's what that means when you turn, turn to Assyria. You're returning to the bondage of Egypt. They shall not offer the wine offerings of the Lord, which are free will offerings, neither shall they be pleasing unto him. Their sacrifice shall be unto them as the bread of mourners. All that eat thereof shall be polluted. For their bread, for their soul, shall not come into the house of the Lord. Because they are loving the rewards of unrighteousness, the forced offerings. Their sacrifice is something to be ashamed of. It's making the word of God to none effect. Same message Christ was giving us. We didn't even understand when Christ gave it, but I thought maybe if you saw Hosea giving the same thing, you would begin to see that this is it. This is, this is the key element. What will ye do in the solemn day? In the day of feasts of the Lord. Are you going to be welcomed into the Lord's feast? Do you, ha- are you putting on the wedding garments? Are you, you know, weeping, uh, the warp and weft that weaves the wedding garments is the, uh, mercy and charity that you're supposed to be practicing every day when you are the church. You don't go to church. You are the church. You are the congregation of the Lord. For lo, they are gone because of destruction. Egypt shall gather them up. That bondage will gather them up. Memphis shall bury. Like the, the word Memphis. It says of Egypt origin. Memphis. Haven of the good. It says capital of lower Egypt located in the western bank. I think there's more. You know, the word Egypt... Well, they both have the the mem, which has to do with this flow. But here, but it talks about this destruction. Egypt shall gather them up. Memphis shall bury them. The pleasant places of their for their silver nettles shall possess them. Thorns shall be in their tabernacles, their tents. That's what the word tabernacles means, tense. The days of visitation are come, and the days of recompense are come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. The spiritual man is mad. In other words, what we call spiritual men today, they all were spiritual, but they're actually, um, they're all, it's all about emotions. They're mistaking emotions for the spirit spirit giveth life 
emotions give you delusions. And this is why they equate it with the word madness. You know, chaga is the Hebrew word. So, so we see this, this pattern being repeated in, uh, you know, the days of visitation are come and the days of recompense are come and Israel shall know it and the prophet is a fool and the spiritual man is mad for the multitude of thine iniquity and the great hatred. What's the great hatred? You know, the Nicolaitans, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, I do hate. That's what Christ is saying or God is saying to us. That they, they, they hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And uh, the word hatred there, it only really appears twice in the biblical text. And uh, it means animosity or enmity, yeah. But it's actually from a word uh, that's very similar. Shut. Uh, Shut that, which is discourage. You know, so it's not just hate as we think of hate, but it's it's actually, you know, self-containing of a punishment that that is coming upon the people. So the watchman of Ephraim was with my God. So who's your watchman? Well, you know, actually, you know, the word Gregory means watchman. That's that's what that's the name they gave me. Now, am I a watchman? Maybe I'm just full of hooey and everything I'm saying is just nonsense. But is it making any sense to you? How is it that the world is not more depressed? How is it that the world is not more violent, more riots, more killing, more murdering, more corruption? Because we've gone so far away from this. The thing that balances out where we're actually taking care of one another. Remember that girl I mentioned this morning who sold herself to save her mother and her father. She sold herself into bondage at 13 to save her mother and her father. She did get her father out of Korean prison, but he shortly died because of the fact that uh, he had developed cancer. And like I said, the picture of him looked like he was in his 70s. And he was actually 45. It was just astounding. They just burn up people in the brutality and cruelty of that nation. Which we would used to stand against. But now it's all about money and power. It's not about righteousness anymore. So the watchman must be about the righteousness of God. So the, the watchman of Ephraim was with my God. The prophet is a snare of a fowler in all his ways. And hatred in the house of his God. So, that's because the watchman of Ephraim was not a good watchman. They have deeply corrupted themselves, as in the days of Gibeah. Therefore, he will remember their iniquity, and he will visit their sins. Now, what about all your ministers and preachers? They seem like such nice guys, right, in their churches. But they're not preaching the whole gospel. They're not preaching that we should be living by faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty and not by force, fear, and violence and the benefactors who exercise authority. But we are. And that's why there is such depression in the land. That is why there is such sadness in the land. You know, because we've gone whoring after this other way that does not cast us up, does not give us the rewards of righteousness. 
they have deeply corrupted themselves. I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first stripe in the fig tree at her first time that they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves unto that shame. Remember, their sacrifice was something to be ashamed of. And their abominations were according as they loved. And what did they love? The rewards of unrighteousness. The sloth of the unrighteous. Socialism is the religion you get when you are slothful in the religion of righteousness. And that's what what's happened. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird from the birth and from the womb and from the conception. And of course, maybe that's a reference to all the abortion. Again, abortion is a symptom. It's not the cause. It's the symptom. If you go the way of socialism, the way of the covetous practices of the world, instead of the pure religion of Christ, this is what you will end up with. You cannot fix the problem simply by outlawing abortion. All it will do is just push it into the back rooms. It's not, that is not the problem. It is the symptom of the problem. I'm not saying that you don't try to save those children. Absolutely you do. I mean, most people die. They don't die of coronavirus. They die of the symptoms of coronavirus. And the symptoms get bad because the rest of the body is so unhealthy. We are unhealthy as Christians because we are not putting on the full armor of God. Ephraim, as I saw, Tyrus is planted in a pleasant place. But Ephraim shall bring forth his children to the murderer. Have you got a number for your child? Do you send them to public school? Do you see the brainwashing that's going on in the public schools? You know, the social distancing. People are killing themselves by the thousands. Suicide is way up. Alcoholism was way up. Drug use is way up. Why? Because you, you, I see all these people wearing masks. It's the flu for gosh sakes. Those masks are not going to stop it. It might slow it a little bit, but it's not going to make it go away. You need to be a strong and healthy people. There's all kinds of things you could do to improve your health so you're less likely to get sick or get sick seriously. And and masks is not one of them. Ephraim, as I saw, Tyrus is planted in a pleasant place. Things are too good. They're going to get bad. Give them, O Lord, what wilt thou give? Give them a miscarrying womb. A dry breast. All these wickednesses is in Gilgal. For there I hated them for the wickedness of their doing. Again, doesn't hate the Nicolaitans. He hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. So how you translate that verse could be a little bit different. It's not so much for I hated them, but I hated the wickedness of their doings. I will drive them out of mine house. I will love them no more, for all their princes are revolters. They don't 
they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is teaching us how to be strong as individuals and as communities. They are making you weak. They are making the poor weaker. Ephraim is smitten. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Yea, though they bring forth, yet will I slay even the beloved fruit of their womb. My God will cast them away because they do not hearken unto him and they shall be wanderers among the nations. Israel is empty. Now we're into uh, chapter 10. This is, this is what we can expect unless we repent. And even if we repent, this is probably going to be the way of the whole world. You simply have to turn around and go the other way. And that other way is the way of righteousness. So I thought I'd touch a little bit rather than get into that next chapter. I had taken a bunch of notes and was talking about this a little bit this morning. Made some references to it. Uh, so that people could understand what, what we're facing and why we're facing it. Why, uh, like I said, uh, years and years ago when they were first coming out with Ritalin, there was so much Ritalin being manufactured that literally every day children in schools were taking enough Ritalin to fill up a dump truck. That's right. Those little tiny pills, you could fill up a whole dump truck with a number of those pills that were going into people. For youth, besides the the illiteracy that has come about because of public schools, it's come about because of public schools. Public schools are not alleviating literacy. They're creating illiteracy. The, the statistics say that is what's happening. Why is that? The same reason that if you give money to Indian reservations, it makes them poor. The same reason is Cloward and Piven wanted more and more black people on social welfare, which destroyed the family. As Walter Williams says, the the social welfare system of America was able to do what slavery and Jim Crow laws could never do. Destroy the black family. There can be no freedom without nurturing the family. And social welfare destroys it. Public education makes you illiterate. Sure, some kids are going to come out and learn to read and, and progress. Most of you could not pass, when you graduated from high school, you, most of you, most of the vast majority of you couldn't pass an 8th grade test from the 1920s. Or 19, I think it was actually 1912. An 8th grade test. You couldn't have passed it. That, that's a fact. I've seen the test. And I also seen most graduates today. <laughs> For youth, major depression increased by 52%. major depression amongst youth. Between when? 2005-2017. In 12 years, depression rates went up 52%. What do you think the rates have gone up since the beginning of 2020? This is why they're jumping off bridges and shooting themselves faster than you can imagine. They're keeping it a secret because the people who have to go down and pick up the bodies, they don't want more copycats. They don't want to give you more of those ideas. From 8.7% to 13.2%. 
and it rose 63% in young adults ages 18 to 25. Depression, major depression, not just, you know, like a little depressed. From 2009 to 2017, which means that the, 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 the rate has been increasing. Not only is it like doubling, it's increasing. The rate is increasing. Recently, research has shown that the internal events such as uh, perceptions, expectations, values, attitudes, personal evaluation of self and others, you know, the evaluation of yourself and others and that relationship to others, fears, desires, etc. do affect our behavior. And they do affect, therefore, our depression. Now, depression is understood in a lot of different terms. Um, you know, like you can inwardly direct anger, fear. And remember, fear and anger, just two sides of the same coin. If you're, ang- if you're angry with people, you will be afraid. That's why Yoda knew that Luke would become afraid because he knew Luke was still angry. And you're only taking in there what you what is with you that so the fear that you're going to find in there is simply the inverse of the anger that you already have so what gets rid of anger forgiveness what gets rid of fear well forgiveness and and faith you know the f words the good f words forgiveness and faith and and so uh what's another thing depression uh, in terms of introjection of love object lost. We have this tendency, we, we think, you know, we love things. Let's put it that way. That, that's a pretty simple way of looking at it. We love things more than people. You know, I've talked about old people sometimes love their dogs or their cats more than they love their grandchildren. Oh, they won't admit it, but the reality is they do. Because their love is a, is the loving of taking life. They love to, because, you know, it's like, what was it, uh, in, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, the father, Frank, you know, he would go down and sniff the kids. And he's sucking in that youth, he would say, smelling that youth. And of course we see Biden doing the same thing with small children. That, it's a vampire relationship. You know, it's funny with Frank. But uh, the reality is is that it's very dangerous because love is a light that projects out. It's not something you get from others. If you lose a loved one and you feel this great loss, that is to be examined. I mean, we don't want to see them die. We don't want to see their lost opportunities but we have just as much power to love others as we love them. The fact that they've died, now we can direct our love towards somebody else. And my son, with the, this recent death of somebody who committed suicide, uh, we knew him. And, uh, and he was a friend of ours child. He was grown up and everything. I mean, he was in his 20s. He was too young to be committing suicide. But the reality is, is that you can, how do you deal with that is that you learn to love others. 
we can't do anything about all the people that have lost and, and died and the, the things that have happened that are bad. But we can do something about the future. But what we need to do is implement the plan of Christ. I, I put up new articles on that under the ancient past. But anyway, we're out of time. So until then, uh, I can only say peace on your house and may God be with you. So join us on the network. Go to preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org and join us there by joining the network. And when you join the network, um, we can help you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start loving one another. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.